Hi, everyone. This is the Bad Girl's Guide to Love with Dr. Ayo. I'm your host, Dr. Ayo Gathing. I'm a board-certified psychiatrist, best-selling author, and a health and relationship expert. I am here to liberate you from your boring-ass love life. Lose the good girl and unleash your inner bad girl to finally find love and get the relationship you deserve. Hello, bad girls. I'm excited about our episode today. Not only do we have a great guest, but we have a fun and worthwhile topic. And just want to let you all know, we've, we've all made some bad decisions in the name of love. And one of them is usually seeing the best in the man we want to be with. And while this could be good, it can also be detrimental to your dating life as you can't look at everything through rose-colored glasses. Erin Alexander Edwards is here to discuss how to recognize when games are being played to avoid heartbreak. And I just want to welcome her warmly to the podcast today. Welcome, Erin. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, of course. I'm excited. So just to let you all know, Aaron and I actually connected on Facebook. And while we both agree that technology is not our thing, it clearly brings people together. I'm just so excited. It was through a group of women that are supporting each other in this media industry and just trying to help each other and just learn. And I was so glad she was open to coming out on when I reached out to her. And then the the subject just seems so fun, just recognizing the game. I can't wait to get into it. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Erin. So after obtaining two bachelor's degrees in psychology and addiction studies, yes, not one, but two ladies, she is knowledgeable. Erin decided to launch her own podcast called The Business of Soul Searching, where she explores the stories of accomplished risk takers who have achieved success in spite of all of the odds. And she's also, which is fun, a Fashion Week RI correspondent getting out there and was a co-host for the renowned brown skin women brand Natural Hair Expo that was earlier this year. So she's not only knowledgeable, but she is fun. So thank you so much again for being on. And, and just first, tell my listeners a little bit about this, the business of soul searching. What, what is that about? Of course. So, um, so the business of soul searching is really a, me allowing other people to tell their story and their process um, of maybe heartache, isolation, depression, um, just really struggling and, and finding your purpose finding a, a creative outlet and then branding it and then, you know, turning it into, like I said, a business. Um, and so how I decided that I wanted to do podcasting, um, I'm going to school for mental health counseling, um, you know, getting my master's so I can get licensed and do private practice. Mm-hmm. And what I realized over the past <clears throat> three and a half years is that Um, First of all, the mental health field, if you're interested in getting into it, can be very, very draining. Um, The burnout rate um, is is very, very high just because of what you're doing um, Mm -hmm. and who you're working with. Although for me, um, and you may agree, there's a there's definitely a bittersweet side. Um, it's very gratifying to work, to work with people and to hear people's stories and to hear how they've triumphed over 
trauma and just all different things. Um, but, it, but it also is very draining. And so um, what I realized uh, last year is that I wanted a bigger platform for advocacy. And so in the mental health field, there are a lot of parameters. There's a lot of, oh, you can do this, but you can't do that. You mm -hmm. can say this, but you can't say that. Right. And don't tell too much about yourself because it's not healthy for the, the patient or client. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That could be and I totally balance. respect that. Yeah, it is, you know, and, it, and it, it is, it is. And the way that I connect with people is by telling them about myself. So I said, you know what? I'm like, I, I always want to keep my one foot in the mental health field for sure. But I said, one, I want to start a business. I want to work for me. I don't want to work for anyone else. Right. Period. No Done. matter what field working I'm working the, in. Working for the man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I said, I, I'm just really drawn to storytelling and radio. So I said, you know what? I'm never going to know if this works until I start. So, um, you know, I just kind of tapped into my resources of people that already have podcasts. Um, I found the She podcast groups for people that are looking into starting a podcast, very informational, very supportive um, group of women podcasters. And that group is in like the thousands, like that's an awesome group. Mm -hmm. um, and, and just decided to just jump out there. So that's kind of how the business of soul searching um, was, was birthed. I, you know, have been through a lot, which will come out in our interview. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, failed relationships and struggle. And that's how I started that brand. Well, and that, that leads me to my, my first real question for you. So like, how did you get interested in the love and relationship space? Uh, so I, how did I, I guess just by experience, like to, so, um, just to take a step back. So the reason why I went into the mental health field is because I, um, I had, I was doing poorly in school. I actually was let go from school because I wasn't going to class. I wasn't studying. Um, and then, you know, maybe some people have experienced this, but, um, you know, once one thing goes wrong, then another thing goes wrong. And then you start, you know, letting things slide, bills start piling up. And then I got to the point where I'm overwhelmed and I can't get out of bed for a two o'clock class, a 2 mm -hmm. p.m. class. Mm -hmm. um, and so that eventually led to me getting kicked out of school. Um, and I ended up after that, you know, my self-esteem was so low because everything's kind of crashing and burning. And around me, I'm seeing, you know, my friends at the time were a horrible fit for me. They're getting me into trouble. Or I should say they were inspiring me to get me in for, to get myself into trouble because it's, you know, it was, I'm an, I was adult at the time. So, um, I was making those decisions and, um, I met someone who actually has, um, bipolar disorder and I didn't know what that was or what that looked like. Um, and so to me, as someone that was dating that person, mm -hmm. um, I, was just immersed in his illness and him. And, you know, I'm cutting off all my friends. I'm isolating myself. I'm, um, you know, I, I just was, I was completely the person that I see in therapy every day. You're right. And it, and so it's, it's so right? interesting. Yeah. Like you quickly turn from the expert to the you know, person exactly. in question when you're actually Agreed. in the situation. Yes. And it's very different. And you don't realize like good friends of mine had to come and be like, you're that girl, like you're that girl right now. And you don't realize it, but we're telling you. And so, 
Um, long story short, that relationship kind of pushed me off the deep end, so to speak. And I did end up uh, going to outpatient therapy. And um, that person challenged me to stop dating and to kind of almost do a restart. And he was like, you need to just stop. Like, stop with the men. They're manipula manipulating you. You're manipulating them. You're going, you know, you know, there's obviously alcohol involved. There's screaming. There's fighting. There's, it's just all together toxic. Mm -hmm. um, so he's yeah. like, why don't you take a break? And um, you, so take a break. And then, you know, once you have figured out what type of person you want to date and you figured out what type of person you are, period, then we can take a look at inviting people in and as friends and then maybe companions down the road. Um, and I think that is so, so important and people miss the importance of knowing yourself and getting to know yourself mm -hmm. before you can even know what you want and get what you want out of a relationship. Exactly. And so that's kind of where I was like I had hit rock bottom and then from from him helping me with my self-esteem and just organizing things and just learning about what types of people I need in my life mm -hmm. um, then I was able to apply back to school and that's how I ended up graduating with my two degrees and that's how I found the mental health field um, and that kind of then segued into like I said the podcast because I love hearing people's journey because I know my journey and I know that I was in the trenches and I just love hearing that I was, I hit rock bottom and then, you know, I'm building myself back. I'm not done yet, but I'm on my way. And I, you know, I'm passionate about something. So that's why I kind of dipped into relationships. Yeah. And that's great that you're willing to be so transparent and vulnerable, you know, in the space to help others. And, and sometimes that's what people want. They don't want to just hear the book stuff. They don't want to just hear, oh, this is, you know, how you should do it. This is what you do. They want to know, like, what does that process look like? Are, am I going to stumble? Am I going to, you know, be able to do this outright? So it, it's great, you know, that they get that realness from you. You. That's, ex exactly. that's exciting. It's, so, it's important. So we're talking, this topic we're talking about is getting played. And when I reached out to you, I was like, okay, what does that mean? Like, what does that look like? So let's just frame it in a context for, for the listeners. So what do you consider kind of getting played in a relationship? Okay. So, um, for me personally, um, with my, you know, experience getting played is when someone tells you something and purposely leads you on to think a certain narrative, mm -hmm. but really be maybe behind closed doors or, you know, just without you knowing something else is going on. So getting played could be something like, you know, your partner is saying that, you know, you're in a committed relationship, you're cooking, you're cleaning for them, you're letting them you you're letting them use their car, your car, you're giving them money, you know, um, and then maybe they're out socially and they're hooking up with other people and they're, you know, just doing things that, that isn't aligned with how they are when they're in front of you. And that's definitely happened to me. And I, you know, I have people that are following me that are single and they're like the struggle. And I'm like, look, I have my war wounds too. Like I'm married now, but I went through it. And so, you know, and so for me, 
having been played and having been manipulated, I then, when I was single, needed that control. And I said, no, I said, I'm done with this. Like, I already know that, you know, the types of guys, like even now men will still approach me. And um, even with my wedding band on, even with me talking about my husband, because guys are guys. Mm -hmm. And um, they will still try and sell me all of these dreams. And I'm like, I already got you. Like, I already know. Like, I've already met you in a previous life. I'm completely not buying. This is not contributing (laughs) to my business. I'm not buying anything. And so I just feel like... um, you know, for me, I've also manipulated in my past. And I, and I tell people that. And I'm like, I'm, I felt like I'm going to get them before they get me. So I'm like, all right, if I'm orchestrating the plays, then I'm not going to get played. Um, well, and I think, yeah, and I think that, you know, this is a controversial term, like getting played, because of course, we all have had times where we've been selfish and been out for self, and we're either trying to protect mm-hmm. ourselves or just kind of didn't know what we want. And that does sometimes end up reflecting as playing the other person or, or you know, just this concept of being hurt in the scheme of like a me versus you Mm -hmm. (laughs) sort of protective factor. But I do think there are some people out there who are way more manipulative in their ideas of like, no, I'm going to do what I want. Damn the other person. I'm putting Mm -hmm. myself first. And I I think it's so important that, you know, you're admitting, okay, I've been both of these people. I've been the person on one side of it and the other side of it. And I I know I, I myself, I tell my ladies, my bad girls, I I did it a lot and I had fun with it, but I've also had my experiences of, you know, quote unquote, getting played or just, you know, getting led on or, so I think, mm-hmm. I think it's just, I'm glad we're talking about this today. So in particular, I think people want some specifics. So what are some of the difficult things you dealt with in relationships before getting married? Um, I personally, like I have trust issues, um, you know, stemming back from my childhood and just my, you know, relationship that I'm still building on at the age of 27 with my father. Um, so and actually that has manifested in my marriage and I, there's a blog on my site <clears throat> for the business of soul searching. And I talk about it because trust issue or trust is your core. If you can't trust your partner or you just don't trust anyone, it's going to keep coming up. It's not going to fade away no matter how much they love you or rub your feet or cook for you. Like, you know, that I, I feel like my biggest issue in the past is, is just trust. Um, especially having dealt with what I've dealt with, with men, people lying to me on top of having trust issues. You're just like, okay, I'm done. Like I'm literally just going to cut myself off from all types of men. Um, but yeah, trust is, trust is like really, really big. Um, and that's something my husband and I are working on, you know, cause I was very getting into the relationship I'm in now. I was very much so like jealous because my husband was like the first guy that I was with that I was just like so you're not like cheating on me like you're really you're really like he would like he's the type of person to literally wake up go to work come home watch like National Geographic go to bed wake up like it's that's and so it took me a while especially not living with him before we got married to be like he really does not have women there 
He's really in his bed. He's not out clubbing. And I'm not going to see his pictures on Instagram and mm-hmm. Facebook tomorrow. And people aren't going to be, you know, sending me screenshots like this. This person is really, you know, what they're telling me is aligned with their behavior. Right. Um, so and that trust was like- huge for me that helped you build trust by seeing that over time and, you know, having faith in the beginning, but actually having his behavior line up with what he was saying. And that helped you. It did. Um, I, I think it was necessary because, and and, and I, I praise him for his patience. Cause like I was at the point where I was like going through his phone and like the very, very beginning, you know? Um, and so for some people, they could have been like, okay, if you're not going to believe me, then like, you know, like whatever, like goodbye. But Mm -hmm. he was just like, here's my phone. And at some point I'm going to need you to stop doing this. But right now I know, you know what I mean? He's like, at some point I'm going to need you to like, not exactly. But because I love you and you know, he's always felt like I was his wife. He's like, I will, you know, and he thinks long-term he's like, you, here's my phone. And he was also like, I'm not hiding anything. So why am I not going to let you go through my phone? There's nothing, you know, in there. So um, but it does men, take two. A lot of men, even if they're not doing anything or, or you know, not necessarily untrustworthy, wouldn't necessarily be that open. So I think you got you got a good one. <laughs> yeah, true. Exactly. It was a blessing. But um, so trust. And I guess the other thing, because my my previous dating experience, like a little bit before I met my husband, um, I liked bad boys. Like that was like my thing. Like I'm from the suburbs and I'm like, no, I just want a guy that, you know, I can respect and that I can, you know, so my type, um, before I met my husband, he laughs about this was, um, an ex con. Like I was like, he has to have at least gone to jail once, if not twice. Right. (laughs) And so it's so funny to, and I talk about it because I feel like, um, it's, it's relevant because I, for me at, at that age, this was like maybe four or five years ago now at this point, maybe even six. Um, that's what I felt was respect was someone that people feared and people that people wouldn't mess with. And that I was like, I want to give my respect to that person. Um, and now my sense of respect is different. So my husband is the, the way we operate is the head of our, our family. Mm -hmm. And so like in regards to submission, I submit to my husband and I respect him because there are things that he's very good at that I'm not, I'm not good at. And I need him to inspire me to learn about that like for example saving so my husband is really really good at saving so he came here from another country so it's like he had to learn very quickly not to just be blowing money on mcdonald's and all these you know what i mean to really say okay like i'm hungry but i can make it home because you know it's just he doesn't have family here so he doesn't have a backup plan um and so I, I give him respect in certain rights and there's things that I'm very good at and he submits to me and he follows my lead um, in regards to this business thing. Like I've inspired him to, to get going on businesses because I work my podcast so hard and I, you know what I mean? I just mm-hmm. inspire him. So in regards to respect, my 
list of things to respect in a man is much different from six years ago. Right. Um, so, tell, so when I tell ladies that like what you wanted yep. six years ago, 10 years ago, to even two years ago may not yeah. be what you want now. So you have to be constantly being self-aware um, you know, with where you're at and what you want over time, all the time, just checking in. Agreed. And it, and yeah, that's like important. You found somebody, you know, who you could learn to respect as you evolved. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we're still evolving. We're still, you know, like we didn't live together until we got married. So like, uh, this past year, two weeks from um, today, actually, will be our one-year wedding anniversary. And so, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, so it's been, you know, a, a rocky year because it's like you're learning to live with someone, you know, even just cleanliness, even just what we clean, even just mm-hmm. like spitting in the sink and dishes and like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. it's a whole it's a whole thing. So it's like <laughs> yes. it's we're we're constantly evolving and learning about you know our triggers and anger and sadness and isolation and you know all of these things are coming out. And for me, like I didn't realize that I get lonely when I'm here by myself. And so I was like, wow, I haven't been lonely because I work in the mental health field. So I'm literally surrounded by clients and staff all day and then it's like I get home and I'm used to being with my family so I didn't really have alone time and so now I've had to figure out okay when I get lonely and I'm done with my podcasting stuff I should go to the gym I shouldn't just sit in my house and be lonely um be proactive about how exactly you know call a friend yeah yes but but yeah so that was that was we're always going to be or at least what i've been told about marriage is that we'll always be evolving Mm -hmm. and learning about each other and our relationship is just going to just change by the month, the year, the day. It will. Um, so, and I, I just you know. celebrated my two-year wedding anniversary. <gasps> Congrats. Yo, thank you. And like the first year compared to the second is, is dramatically different. It's still, it's difficult in a different way where you're like, okay, I feel like we should have this down by now. Like year one's done. Yep. <laughs> but now <laughs> as you, you described it, we're always going to be evolving and learning and we can't put that pressure on ourselves. We have the rest of our lives to get this right so there's no date we have to get this right by our two-year three-year ever you know so exactly yeah fun process so great and it is yeah before you got married because i know some of our listeners are married and they're going through this process but some are trying to kind of get where we are you know get to that process where Mm -hmm. they're doing Mm -hmm. the work but do you really want to get to where we are? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm like, marriage is no walk in the park sometimes. No. Oh my God. Okay, sorry. My last podcast was just about my one that just released this week. It was about, you know, hey, it's, marriage is not, you know, enjoy that single experience because you're never going to get this time back. It's a different type of work. But exactly. What I want to know is when you were dating and, you know, kind of in relationships before you got married, what were some of the, I call them good girl habits, but just some of your habits other than kind of choosing the wrong men <laughs> that, mm-hmm, that led mm-hmm. some of your own heartbreak. So how, what are some things looking back that you, you could say, you know what, that was under my control looking back? Yeah. Like I could have. So for me, like, um, I'm, I have to be careful of my trust. Mm. 
So I like the reason why I went to not trusting people is because I would give my trust away initially too quickly. Oh my gosh, this person is my best friend. You know what I mean? People, mm-hmm. oh, this person has my back. Oh, this guy, you know, like I, I would believe everything that people told me mm-hmm. at the age of 21 and 20 and 19 and, you know, 22. Um, and so I, I think that I saw signs like, oh, they're saying this, but you know, this other person is saying that, or this, this girl is messaging me, you know, like it's love and hip hop, like, (laughs) you know, like messaging me about this is her man, but he's saying something different. And, you know, so I, I think, um, I think that a, a good girl quality that, that sometimes gets abused is, is being trusting and just believing that someone is, is an honest person. Mm -hmm. Um, I think also I, I'm like, I'm a writer. Like I wanted to get my husband's last name tattooed on me. Like before, well, actually we had been married a month. The tattoo artist is like, hold on. Like, um, (laughs) are you sure? Like she's like, she's like, you know what I, she's like, I really hate doing these types of tattoos because you never know. And I'm like, all right, fine. You know, I'll wait a little bit. I get it. Whatever. He's tattooed in my heart. But um, so there, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a writer, like a, a writer chick. So someone that's just down and just, you know, holds, you know, their man down or whoever your partner is. Um, but it's the same thing as, as believing that someone's being honest and trusting just to make sure that you have it in check. So I've wrote for people that did not write for me. And right. when I looked up and was like, oh my gosh, like, like I had, you know, I had to find out from other people what, what this person was really saying about me. Um, you know, and especially for, for men too, I see women out here, you know, being like, Oh, I'm a writer. He's cheated on me 45 times and I'm still with him. And I'm just like, and, and that's, I let people do whatever they want to do. I, I'm only responsible for my relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but I, I think that qualities like that have, have gotten me into trouble because I wasn't moderating them. I wasn't saying, okay, we can't trust every single person in the world. Not every person is trustworthy and is stable. Um, and so not everyone is ready for the commitment that you are ready to give. And you can't like inspire them to be committed if they're really not ready like you giving a thousand percent all the time isn't going to make someone be like oh you know i'll i'll do 50 percent because they're either inspired or they're not they're either ready for you or the relationship or not yeah and i think that's an important idea because you can't love someone into loving you or you can't you know force someone to be as trustworthy or honest or giving as you like so upregulating your giving does not lead to them giving you more and you agreed to receive and i think i see a lot of women out there and i i label those good girl qualities where you want the best and you believe the best and you think oh you know this is all gonna work out and you know if i just stick in there and not requiring those things in return. So it's all about reciprocity. Like you could be a ride or die chick, but he's got to be ride or die for you too, you know? Exactly. Reciprocity. And and we give our love and our hearts and our trust and our dreams away without getting in return. Agreed. I feel like I forget who I was talking to about this. Um, I don't know if it was my cousin or someone, but we were talking about, 
um, the how in marriage. So my mom is a firm believer, or my family. Um, my family is is very religious, both sides, and so they are like there is no divorce, right? So like I was talking to the person. Um, this woman is a domestic violence survivor, um, and so her husband. So she had a child by someone who then eventually was uh, abusing her and then she left him and then found someone else, had another child and he married him, she married him and then he started abusing her. So the cycle began all over again. Mm -hmm. And so um, she tried to hang in there. And so the, the conversation that we had was like, there is a lot of pressure to stay in relationships mm -hmm. that are not necessarily healthy for you. And even though it doesn't have to be abuse and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like domestic violence serious, but you can still not feel loved. You can still not feel inspired and motivated and, and just, you know, in love with your partner. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's not healthy, especially, um, what we're finding in, in the mental health field, when you have children to stay in a relationship that you really don't want to be in and you really don't need, you know, there's nothing about the relationship that, that you value. And so, you know, your children obviously are watching you and, and children are smarter than we think they are. Like they're, they're much more observant. They're much more observant. And, and they and also pay attention to their, exactly. And, and we kind of intellectualize over that, that, you know, intuition piece, we have to bring that out again as adults. Um, but yeah, so I, I totally, you know, believe in like constantly assessing relationship wise, like I still assess for my marriage. And, you know, with my husband, I'm like, you know, how are things going for you? Like, what can I do? To, to make this relationship stronger? What can I do? You know, is this still good for you? Is this still working for you a year later? You know? Oh, yeah. Um, and I, so I, that's I, feel. I preach that a lot. Like, you cannot lose, you know, that sense of, like, having my needs be met once you get that ring. Like, oh, I got the ring now. It's like, oh, I'm married. Like, marriage in itself can't just be the goal. It's got to be your needs being met and, you know, having the desired goals of the relationship, not just the title of being a wife. And I think oh, no. a yeah. lot of women in trouble because they're chasing this marriage and this ring and this situation. And then once they're in it, it's kind of like, oh, now what? Now I have to sit with it. I have to be. Exactly. <laughs> but they didn't no, it's true. do the work. Agreed. And so that's why when I was dating before, you know, my husband, because um, we like we dated for two years and then I decided that I wanted to be single. Um, we had already established that we wanted to marry each other, but I felt like I um, hadn't gotten my self-esteem where I wanted it to be. I was still jealous a little bit, still kind of, even though I wasn't going through his phone, I was a little bit like, paranoid still sometimes that something might be going on at some point and I was like I can't get married like this like I feel like sometimes um people feel like marriage solves everything yeah. and it's like it's it's really not it's really really difficult so the stressors that are already going on it at times is going to exacerbate that right um, so I took I took time to myself um and that also manifested in the business of soul searching 
Um, and, and so then when we got back together, I had already, I already was like, well, I'm starting a podcast and this is what I'm doing. And this is me now. And you can take it or leave it. And I told him, you know, I want to get married. I don't want to be a girlfriend anymore. And he was like, you don't even have to ask, you know. But that's how I would come at men when I was dating. I'm like, I don't want to date you for a month or two months. And if that's what you're trying to do, I'm not trying to do that. So, you know, like, let's not even get to, like, appetizers. Like, I'll literally, <laughs> let's pay for these. Because it's like time is, time is so, so expensive um, to, you know, in general for everyone. And it's like. You know, you kind of have to put together what you really want long term. Like, what do you want to, not everyone may want to be married, and that's okay. Like, but what do you want in your partner? Do you want someone to be a good cook and to be affectionate? Those are all on my list. My list was really long, actually. <laughs> my list is like super long. But I said, you know, I'm like, I really want to be serious. So, um, and that actually ended up leading me back to my now husband. And, you know, that was just how that went. But I would, I would tell people up front, I'm like, I'm not trying to be a girlfriend anymore. I've done that. And I, I feel like I've, I've satisfied that level. I feel like God is calling me to, you know, be a wife. I feel like, you know, I want to build with someone. I want to have businesses with someone. I want to own homes with someone. I want to have children. So yeah, you know that's important to so, just, again know what you want and check in and be self-aware well mm -hmm. so and how did you once you i know you were dating the same guy kind of after you kind of figured out your purpose but how can some of my bad girls out there spot some of the behaviors that can lead to them getting played like how can they up their radar like be more aware absolutely so um things that i've noticed and also working in the mental health field, people will be honest. Guys will come in and be honest with you. They're like, oh, you know, there's this, but I did cheat on my girl and so on and so forth. So I've gotten data in that way too. Um, so if someone is, I mean, if first of all, if you're catching them in lies over and over again, if they're, if they're lying about small, small things, if someone lies about very, very, very insignificant things, you can, ima you can only imagine um, what happens when there's a big thing that they need to cover up, right? right? So lying, obviously, is a sense of control. So if they needed to control that little factor of, what did you eat today? Oh, I ate fish. Oh, no, I was lying. It was this. Or I was actually here, but I said I was at the corner store. It's like, okay, you know, that's a pattern. Lying is a pattern, right? Um, so that I think is, is a big sign. Um, dating history. So dating history, I feel like we glaze over the pat, people's past so yeah. quickly. Yeah. And it's so imperative in the beginning stages because dating is, is people, I believe, people are patterns. Mm -hmm. So my thing is, if the person is very much like, oh, it was their fault, or, or she's crazy or, and it's just like, well, if all five of your exes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like all five of them are all, you know, at your house and, you know, they vandalize your car or, you know, you're, yeah. admit you're missing a piece, something, yeah. you're not telling me something, something's missing, right? Yeah, something, so like just the, the common link between all of these people and their actions. 
Exactly. Um, and, and that's important. Um, I think what else? I think also like relationship to parents can definitely manifest in, in dating. So the person's relationship with their mom, um, and even, you know, their father, like my husband, um, his father was, you know, not necessarily manipulative, but he, he was a good father. But in regards to relationship with his mother, there were some infidelity issues. Um, and so my husband, although he respects his father in a certain light, in regards to re the relationship piece, he knows that that's wrong. So if my husband was kind of like, yeah, I want to be just like my dad. And, you know, the way he has control over women, that would be like a red flag for me. And that was a red flag in the beginning. I was like, oh, so your dad you know, do, do you think that that's okay? That once you get married or once you have kids or someone that you can kind of treat them. Um, so yeah, looking at their past behaviors, um, what else? I, I think just, I think just opening up your eyes and being aware, um, be careful though, not to believe everything that someone says. So like if a girl comes to me and is like, da da da, I saw your guy out at whatever, I'm not necessarily going to believe her because I know that there's people that unfortunately want to break us up, mm -hmm. like men and women. Um, and it's sad to say, but it's true um, that, you know, people are selfish, whatever. Um, but just be mindful of what's in front of you and really open up your intuition. Like yeah. you can, you can, you don't have to like call cheaters and like, put them on blast on TV. Like you can find out in your own right. <laughs> yeah. If that person is, is telling you the truth. Like you can, you, if you really observe them, I think. Yeah, I so think just be, be open. People ignore the signs and they ignore what's in front of them because they want it so bad. They, they really Agreed. want it to work and they're, they're wanting a certain situation more than they even want a person. And they're just trying to fit them in that box, even though they see signs that it's either not what that person wants or they're not being honest or they can't even give you what you're asking for. Some people, they just can't give you what you need or what you want. And it's not that they're bad people. They're just not capable of doing that agreed and i and i agree i think we definitely like we shut down that intuition and it's so important like it's so so important and it saves you so much time to just trust your gut like it saves you an extraordinary amount of time with dating with business um and what i do tell women i'm like you know my husband not cheating on me and not doing all of these things that is distracting to me allows me to go at my goals a, a thousand percent because mm -hmm. not like, okay, now we have to sit and we have to talk about blah, blah, blah. And I have to go find this girl. I need to call my girls up at two in the morning and go to this girl's house. Like I don't have time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like my business, my business is going to suffer because of roadblocks. So um, you are who you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. So if I have dramatic friends that are getting me into these fights and doing all this stuff that, that, you know, is, is just distracting and I lose my job and because that can happen in relationships. If we go so far in and we don't save ourselves and we just go, 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 and we just go for them, we just ride for them and they're just dragging us down. Like we're going to look up and be like, I have no job, no career, um, you know, school, no school or whatever, you know, I, I love for some people, they've lost their kids. Some, some women are in jail for, um, yeah. you know, riding for guys, you know, whether it's drug dealers or whatever. And so 
that's why years ago I looked at that. I met, I ended up meeting women um, that had done some time for, you know, whether it's holding drugs or whatever, um, taking a gun charger or whatever it may be. And I was just like, do I really want to do this? And I was like maybe a year and a half shy from graduating from school. And I was like, hmm. I'm like, it may feel good to be with someone that, that is like a bad boy. But I said, when I'm behind bars and he's out here still hooking up with other women and selling drugs and living his life, um, you know, like I'm not, that's not going to feel good. I'm going to feel like, why did I do this? So, yeah. So that's how kind of that went. And so, Mm -hmm. and I know you said you also worked with some um, domestic violence um, sufferers and people that have been through. So what are some signs of abusive behavior to come or maybe that you're in that cycle of abuse already? Of course. Um, So something that is like, like really, really a huge sign is isolation. So when someone is like isolating you from and everyone and different people do it differently. Um, they're isolating you from your friends, your family, your support system, whatever that looks like. Some people don't necessarily have family, but um, you know the people that are closest to you, that accept you, that empower you, that strengthen you. A healthy or a person that's in a healthy relationship, your partner would be empowering you to spend time with them and empowering you to have self-care. So um, one of the signs is, is typically with abuse, uh, the man or woman, whoever it is, will try to isolate their partner. That's one of the first steps because they have to get them alone to then switch from the, you know, um, captain saving, you know, whatever it is, the person mm-hmm. the saving charismatic them. charismatic person. The charismatic, exactly, um, charismatic personality to kind of what can turn into like a monster. But they need you isolated, first of all, um, because otherwise you'll go to your friends, you'll go to, you know, the cops will get involved. So they need to isolate you first because they know that other people means trouble means they could get caught um, and so on and so forth. Um, they also want you to only focus on them. So, um, a quick, super quick story, cause I don't want to take up too, too much time with this, but, um, I actually went on a date with someone, uh, before I ended up getting back with my husband. And so we're talking and, um, you know, very charismatic, very suave, even the tone of his voice was what like was charismatic. And I was like, Hmm, I'm like, this guy is exceptionally smooth, like not just regularly smooth, like straight out of a, a movie Morris Chestnut smooth. Mm. I'm like, well, you know, okay, that's okay. Maybe he's just, you know, confident and, and that's fine. I'll go on a date. Seems like, you know, a nice young man. And so um, he's like, you know, we're not spending enough time together. And I'm like, you know, I have work, I have school, you know, this is my life. I hustle. Like, this is, this is my thing. I, mm-hmm. I want to get up and do things. This is how my mom raised me to depend on myself. And so he's like, no, you need to stop with school, stop with work. I'll take it. I was like, red flag, check, please. Red I said, flag. I was a red flag. I said, so you want me to quit all the things that make me feel good about myself and depend on you when this is like our third date. So um, things like that definitely, definitely is a, is a red flag. When people are saying, give up your hopes and dreams, your support system. Anytime someone's trying to 
get you to stop doing something that is healthy and, and uh, motivates you, that's not a good sign. Right. Um, that's, that's not necessarily, that's not usually like a healthy, totally. you know, relationship. Yeah. Um, so things like that, I think are, are definitely anger, really controlling, like who are you going to be with? You shouldn't be with them almost like a, a parent. And it's like, as an adult, you know, your, your significant other shouldn't fill in as a parent. Like they're really like your equal. Right. Um, and, and you're, especially in the beginning, you're, you're your own person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So well, it's like all throughout. Yeah. And I tell my ladies, which on the flip side of that, they're, they're wanting to just give all of themselves, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to spend all my time together. I'm making all my decisions based on this person or relationship. Like I'm all in, yep. in like mm-hmm. a week or two. I'm like, whoa, that's, that's unhealthy as well. Because like this person has not earned your time, has not earned your trust, has not earned your priority and accountability. So I think that's kind of on a flip side of that. And they're more open to this predatory behavior of, okay, well, she's all in. So if I can, like you said, isolate her and get her under control, then I can even take one step further and hit or, you know, financially abuse her. And, and ladies need to, be true to what you're saying and be yourself. Those things that make you happy, don't be willing to compromise those for a relationship. If it's healthy, you would never have to do that. And of course, you're going to have to, we both know in marriage, you do have to, (laughs) we both do our podcast. Compromise. Overly busy and over um, kind of estimate our time and where we have to do some, okay, I do have to focus on my man today. Like, let me be a good wife. Exactly. But true, true. I shouldn't have to say, no, I can't do anything I'm passionate about or anything I love because I'm married now or I'm with this person. Agreed. But, and one, one other thing that I wanted to say to kind of wrap that up, like to take it a step further, I feel like you, to have a healthy relationship Obviously, it takes two health, so two healthy people to be able to, or somewhat healthy. Healthy is kind of there's spectrum, you know, it's it's relative, but two healthy people. So, (laughs) so the thing, so the thing is, for example, I don't think that I think I think everything happens for a reason. So, if I met my husband back when I didn't know myself, I don't think that it would have been a good fit. So. Like people fall into these abusive relationships, I feel, because they still are in need of some self work. Like they still have things that they need to. Because when you're the re- the reason why I was able to shut that guy down immediately and already could call his number on what type of person he was um, within the first couple of dates from that one statement is because I know myself mm-hmm. and I know that even at the age of this was back when I was 25, but um, I knew that that is not what I want to do. I don't want to give up school and give up, give up work. I, I don't want to do that. So if this is what this person wants, I'm not going to say yes to appease them. Right. And so that I can be in their good graces because I had gotten to a point where I was like, if I'm single forever, I have God, I have my circle of people, my circle, my tribe of women that will literally do anything if I have to call them at two in the morning, like, oh, it's for the podcast, okay, I need to rock t-shirts, okay, I need to be, you know what I'm saying? So I just, like, I feel like if you keep finding yourself in these unhealthy relationships, I don't think that therapy is, 
like necessarily the answer for everyone. I think like everyone heals differently. So whatever it is that you need to do to get right with yourself Mm -hmm. so that you don't keep becoming susceptible, um, you know, is, is important, I think. Because uh, it's it's lethal. People die, you know, yeah. like right. all the time. Yeah, I agree. And I think that is so good. And that's like a good place for us to kind of give our, you know, wrapping up message. It's you have to do the work in yourself so you can bring your mm-hmm. best self to the table. So you are recognizing the game. You are recognizing that you're not getting what you want. You're recognizing that you're giving too much of yourself and not giving thing, getting things in return. But if you don't do the work, then you, you won't know. Agreed. I, I think that's, it's, if in any situation, start with yourself first and then work out. Yes. For sure. Oh, this has been so great. I love that you were dropping gems on everyone and just letting them know kind of what they need to start with and focus on. And it, it's just, I think this is going to change some lives. I really do. Thank you. Thank you. Where can my bad girl listeners out there find you, your content, your podcast? And I'll I'll definitely put it in the show notes, but if you just want to let them know. Okay. So um, I'm most active on um, Instagram. And so my Instagram is business of soul. So I, I post things like, you know, photo shoot stuff and we're get we're gearing up for season three, which is going to launch in a couple of weeks. Um, and so, you know, you can follow my journey with that and message me anytime with any questions or, Hey, I have someone that would be a good fit for your show. Or, you know, I have this event that I want you to, you know, co-host for this campaign, um, you know, message me with any of those types of things. Um, and also I have a Facebook page, which is the business of soul searching. Um, and so that's, that's the best way to get to me. And, and, you know, you're more than welcome. If you're like, Hey, I'm struggling with this podcast thing, any types of questions, message me. I'm, you know, I feel pretty kind, uh, uh, like a kind, open person. I'm more than happy to help a sister out. Um, and your girls out there. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. And, um, my email is the business of soul searching at gmail.com. So. those are those are the best ways that is so great and i know that this is going to be just the beginning of the conversation for some people and i'm hoping that they can do their soul searching and and you know find their way and it can lead to their healthy relationships and just so much growth so i'm excited and i'm hoping that you enjoy being here with us Agree. No, thank you. Thank you so much. I can't wait until, you know, the episode airs so I can hear it back. Yes, so, yes. Um, we'll so. We have to, you know, do a little kumbaya moment the day it airs. Yep. <laughs> All right. This has been the Bad Girl's Guide to Love with Dr. Io. Until next time, stay bad. That's this week's episode of Bad Girl's Guide to Love with Dr. Io. Thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give me a review on iTunes. For more material and content, you can find me under IOGathingMD on Instagram and Twitter, or head over to my website, www.iogathingmd.com. Don't forget to join me next week for another episode. Until then, be bad. <laughs>